I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Today, we're talking about lightening up when it comes to parenting with guest Melanie Dale. When I was a first-time parent, I took things so seriously. I wanted to get everything right, but as you can imagine, it was a bit exhausting, and try as I might, I still got a lot of things wrong. Eventually, I figured out what was important to me, and I stopped going with the flow. My life became far more intentional, but I still put a lot of pressure on myself to have and to find all the right answers. It was once I learned to lighten up that things got better. No, I didn't throw all conventional wisdom out the door. I just learned how to have more grace and trust that God would handle what I couldn't. And as a result, I started having more fun and enjoyed my people more. It took a lot of practice, trial, and error for me to get to that place. But now, in 2020, I find myself trying to control everything and get this season right. But guess what? There's no rule book for what we're going through. So I'm probably not going to get it right. This week's guest, Melanie Dale, wrote a book called Calm the Heck Down, How to Let Go and Lighten Up About Parenting. This is a book that I needed years ago, but I'm still excited to read now because I am tempted as we navigate this pandemic to hold on tightly to the things I want so badly to control. After listening to this interview, I want to challenge you to pick one area that you can lighten up in. Where can you let go? I can't wait to hear your answers. Let's talk more about it on Instagram or in the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. Are you struggling to keep track of everything that's going on in your family? I get it. Managing everyone's expectations and schedules can be challenging. However, a regular family meeting can change that. These weekly check-ins enable you to approach each week with purpose and more connected to one another. If you need help getting started, download our free family meeting packet, which includes sample agendas and discussion topics. Go to www.buildyourbestfamily.com to get your copy today. Today, I'm talking with Melanie Dale. Melanie is the author of four books, including Calm the Heck Down, How to Let Go, and Lighten Up About Parenting. She's a staff writer for Coffee and Crumbs, hosts the podcast Lighten Up with Melanie Dale, and has contributed writing to everything from the Encouraged Devotional Bible to Shudder's Creep Show. She lives in the Atlanta area with her husband of 20 years and their three kids from three different continents. Welcome, Melanie. It's fantastic to have you on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So a question that we ask all of our guests that I'm going to ask you is what is your family known for? That is such a good question. And I don't think I've ever been asked that before, Kimberly. <laughs> um, I love it. And I was thinking about this. I mean, I think originally my family was known for infertility and adoption, kind of, mm -hmm. kind of my road to parenting, yeah. because that's what I originally was blogging about. And I, you know, I've had that in, in previous books, but I think as my kids have grown up and, and now I've got a house full of teenagers and tweens, I think that our family is known for humor. I hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think my kids all have really great senses of humor and we spend a lot of time just laughing around here and mm -hmm. frankly, making fun of each other a little bit. And so I think, yeah, as they've gotten older, 
humor is a really huge part of our family. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I love about your books and your Instagram feed is your humor, which is no surprise that you wrote the book, Calm the Heck Down. <laughs> <laughs> because we, I, gosh, you know, and, and I, I know this is cliche, but with everything going on with the world, like that's what I need right now is I need to not take myself so seriously, not, you know, not take everything so seriously. And it's been really challenging to help my kids not take themselves so seriously because I feel like there's a lot of pressure on them and they don't know how to deal with, with everything that's going on and their lives being upended. And I know that they're going to follow my lead. So if I'm constantly like uptight, just coming undone every other second, (laughs) it's not going to be good for them. Yeah. I feel like when I do fall apart, it, it causes a domino effect for sure. Like, Oh yeah. So there's that pressure like, Oh gosh, if I go, we all go. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, for sure. And I bet I especially see that in my marriage. Like when I'm, when I'm not handling things well, my husband's like, Oh, what's going on? You're the one that's supposed to have it all together. Like go read your Bible, like (laughs) get it together. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So go that. That's fantastic. What is it that you guys like to do together? What do we like to do together? Mm-hmm. We, this, I, I want to say something like really important and, and smart, but we watch like a lot of movies together, honestly, mm-hmm. especially, you know, this being such a weird year and us trapped yeah. in our homes and all of that. We, we've binge watched my very favorite TV show of all time, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. So yep. it was fun now that my kids are old enough to introduce them to Buffy. And yeah. so yeah, we watch just a crap ton of TV together. That's yeah. kind of the thing that, because my kids are, they're five years apart, you know, and so I've got, I've got a kid per grade for, per school, you know, I've got a high school yeah. or a middle schooler and an, and an elementary school last year of elementary school for us. And so I feel like watching TV is something that we can all share together. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's us. Yeah. I yeah. want to say that we like have family poetry slams, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we've really, I mean, we've really gotten into television too, but what I love about it is that we've been able to find shows that we like together. And, and then when the series is over, it's almost like we've lost friends. Like yes. we actually talk about them at dinner and like about, during our day as if they're like the real people in our lives and, like, <laughs> and then they go away. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. We don't know what to do with ourselves, but I have teens too. And so for us, it's been just a really effortless way to connect and spend time together and kind of come into their world too. You know, as a mom, it's it's really easy for me to, every time I see them, want to follow up and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And did you fill out the college application yet? And did you do your essay? And, and did you do your chores? And how, like, are you on top of your grades as opposed to just saying, hey, like, let's just watch The Bachelorette and just right. call it a night, you know? Right. And there's a balance. Yeah. You know, we've, we've obviously got to ask them all the questions and, mm-hmm. and we've got to handle everything for sure. But then like, I also try to go hop in the car. Let's go get Starbucks. Like, yeah. Balance oh, yeah. it out. Yeah. Yes, yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right. So we already mentioned about how funny your books are and just about this idea of lightening up, which is the premise of your book. And so, you know, this does seem like the book that we need right now, but did you, you didn't write this. That's not the way books work. You didn't write this right now. This was written ahead of the pandemic and ahead of all we're we're seeing, correct? Right. I'm sorry if I caused this whole thing by (laughs) writing a book called Calm the Heck Down for the year 2020. Oh my gosh. I could not have seen this coming. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So what prompted you to write this book? So I... 
I never really thought I'd write a, a parenting book, like, like the whole book just about parenting. But when I started thinking about doing it, I, I realized, you know, I I've had the opportunity to meet with moms around the country and speak at moms groups and get to know moms from all over the country. And I, one thing we all have in common, I think is that we are all freaking out about something yeah. generally speaking. Now there are a few unicorns who just are naturally calm people. And that is amazing. I feel like I am not wired that way. And so I did not write a book called stay calm because I, <laughs> I very rarely start out that way. Kimberly, like, I never, I never started calm. I started like DEFCON one and then figure out how to like back off of that. And so yeah. one thing that I can offer parents is all of the tips and tactics and strategies that I have discovered over the years of how to calm down Yeah, <laughs> because we've had all kinds of things hit us as a family. And, and so as those things have happened, I have had to figure out how to calm down. And so, so this book is, I'm, I'm so excited about it and to give it to people because it is all of my hard won tactics. It is things we've learned in therapy together as a family, <laughs> you know, and, and then I've added in all of our funny stories that, you know, that have all kind of gone past the statute of limitations that I can share. And, and I've, I, I had my kids involved and like checked in with them. Can I share this? Do I need to change names? Right. Should I get rid of pronouns to protect the guilty? You know, and so, <laughs> so there's so much of us in there and I'm really excited. And I actually just recorded it on audio for Simon audio. Mm -hmm. And as I was reading the whole book out loud for, you know, a period of a few days, as I reread it, you know, now here us being in a pandemic, I reread it and I was like, man, this book still just holds up like everything yeah. in it. I'm so thrilled and relieved that, that everything I wrote, even though I wrote it before the pandemic, it is still right. What we need right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it all, there's always going to be something that we're going to be contending with. There's always going to be something that's challenging us and it's going to cause us to want to just go over the deep end yeah. and just check out. And I know for me, I, I was, I was tight as a first time parent when I first had kids. I mean, I just wanted to get everything right. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was so stressful. And I look back over those years and I think, Oh God, if I would just been a little bit more relaxed, I could have enjoyed a lot of that time. Yeah. 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 All right. So what are the most common and unnecessary topics that parents freak out about? Yeah. So in my book, I have 16 chapters all relating to different topics, things okay. we freak out about. When I think about just the main ones that trip me up, I, I would say behavior, mood, and the pressure to do everything. Okay. So, so for the behavior, I... I think we all freak out, like, is this normal? And how do I know what to say yes to, what to say no to, you know, mm -hmm. especially as they grow up, like, what does this look like? And so I have developed kind of uh, the boomerang method of parenting. I treat my kids like boomerangs. I mean, I don't literally throw them, but, <laughs> but, you know, as they're asking for more freedom and as they're asking to do things, whether it's just riding their bike down the street or leaving the driveway, or then as they get older, driving away, you know, just oh, yeah. as they get older and they want more freedom, treat them like boomerangs that you, you you know, you, you toss the boomerang out and then it comes back and then you toss it out and it comes back. So you, you let it go out a little further and it needs to come back. And if at any point that boomerang makes a side trip or doesn't come back on time, then, you know, you need to kind of tighten in a little bit and go back to the basics and yeah. rebuild that trust. So, so the boomerang idea of behavior has helped us a lot in our family, whether they're little or big kids. And then for mood, I think the thing that I have had to learn to calm down about is to be their guide, not their sidekick, because mm -hmm. with mood, as they, as they grow and change and encounter things, 
the kid's mood just is always kind of, you never know what you're going to get. And if you yeah. let your own mood get, get swept in with that, mm-hmm. then, then everything can become more complicated. And you find like your day, you're at the mercy of like an 11 year old girl, if you're not <laughs> careful, you know? And so I've had to kind of remember to like toss them a rope to get out of the pit, but don't get down mm-hmm. in the pit with them, you know, yeah. so be their guide, not their sidekick. I and mean, remember, you don't have to do middle school again. You already did it. <laughs> right. And we know so much. If we could only go back with our knowledge. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't have to worry about fourth grade mean girls anymore. Like I've done that already, but I can be there for my kid who's dealing with mm-hmm. it. So, mm-hmm. um, so mood. Yeah. And then the, the pressure to do everything, I think, especially these days, we, we feel this pressure to like knock it out of the Pinterest park all the time and sign up for everything at school. I don't know about you, but my inbox is filled with emails of things people need for all the kids. Half the time, I don't even know which kid and which school is emailing me. <laughs> I have yeah. to like, figure it out. I actually texted my daughter the other day. I was like, do you have a teacher name, Mrs. So-and-so? She's like, no. I was like, okay, that must be your brother. <laughs> <laughs> so the pressure to do everything. And I, I basically cheating, saying no and delegating are your friends. So mm-hmm. it's okay to cheat. Like my kids love making gingerbread houses, but I buy the prefab kind that yeah. they can just put together themselves that I'm not actually baking. Saying no. One time my daughter was like, mom, when are we going to have mother daughter craft time? And I said, never, we're never <laughs> ever going to, we will never be that mother daughter. I'm sorry. Like, but that's not who I am. I can give you so many other things. We can mm-hmm. have lots of other time together, but I will never be that person. However, yeah. that leads me to the third point of delegating. I have friends who like crafty stuff. They can do that with my daughter or my mother. Who's an amazing baker can bake things with my daughter. So cheating, saying no and delegating are your friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Delegating when you delegate and, and the, and the people that you're delegating to don't have to know that's what you're doing, that you're trying to get out of the behavior, or the activity that you're asking them to do. Cause it's a win-win, right? Like when I call my mother-in-law and say, Hey, you like to go to shows. Can you take my children? Or, Hey, you like to do this. Can you come on over and join us for, I mean, they, it, it fills them up. It's what they love to do. It's in their wheelhouse and it's a win for everybody. It is. And I think as moms, we can help each other out. We don't all have to do all the things. So I have friends who are really good at some things that I am not good at. And then other, there are other things that I can do to help out. And so I think if we're all pitching in, you know, in the village, Mm -hmm. the kids will all have what they need, but we don't all have to do all of it. Yeah. We don't all have to be room mom. I will never be room mom. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then choosing the things that I'm saying yes to on purpose has really helped me say no to the things that I have no interest in. Yeah. 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 So if anybody wants to be like, well, why didn't you do the bake sale or yeah, the library duty? I'm like, because mm, I, I do that over here and that's it. We're done. <laughs> so what has been the hardest for you to let go of when it comes to parenting? <laughs> I mean, I know you have all these topics, but like spe- yeah. you really like me what's specifically. Yeah. So one of my chapters is about school. And I was a big, big nerd in school, straight A student. I love, like, I'm a people pleaser. So like if the teacher asked me to jump, I said, how high I, I loved, I made a game out of pleasing teachers and getting everything in. So I thought I'd have at least one kid who was going to be like, just one, one of my three children who would be like me where school was not an issue where they just, they just wanted to get A's. They just naturally handled school. Kimberly, I don't have a single kid who, who like loves the school thing and rocked (laughs) it. Like not one, they all, they all are incredibly bright and wonderful children, but they could care less about getting great grades. Like that's just not their thing. 
and that's okay. But I have had to, Yeah. but, but that has been the hardest probably if I had to, that the thing that continues to bite me in the butt when I realize I am not being calm and I need to calm down 90 out of a hundred times, it's going to be because of school, because I've gotten an email mm. from a teacher or I've gotten grades back or whatever. And it is just not what I wanted it to be, but yeah. my kids are okay. Yeah. Yeah. My kids, they'll tell you, I don't like to write. And I'm like, but I'm a writer. I write every day on my blog and on the podcast. I could help you with this. And then my daughter, she's applying to colleges now. And I'm like, can I just see your college essay? I don't want to pay somebody to help you with your essay. Can I just help you with this is my thing. And it's frustrating that they all want to do. They're taking all honors and whatever advanced classes in every subject, but English, we could do this together. And they're not interested. Nope. (laughs) Nope. And, and that's, I think, you know, just in general, the thing with parenting is letting go of our expectations of how we thought it was going to be, how we thought we were going to be like, I am, I have disappointed myself as a parent. I thought I was going to be better at this, like that the parenting would come more naturally and it is not. Yeah. I've had to let go of expectations of what I thought I'd be as a parent. And I've had to let go of expectations of how I thought my kids would be as kids and recognize that does not take away anything from who they are. In fact, if I let go of, of my expectations of the unicorn kids, I thought I would have the fluffy rainbow children who, you know, would be perfect in every way and do everything I want to do all the time. And when I let go of that ridiculous facade, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm able to actually embrace and love the unique, incredible children I actually have. And so that has helped me a lot. Yeah. I mean, and that's the secret to success to most relationships or all of them. Our friends, if we, if we expect them to be one way and they're not our spouses, you know, letting them just be who they are and appreciating that that's, that's, I don't know why that's so difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. But we've got to do it. Mm. So you, you have older kids, you have teens. And so let's talk about the balance between anticipating our kids' future and being present. And I only ask you about that because I have older kids that are about to launch into the future. And I don't want this year and the next couple of years as the kids launch to be cl- to be clouded by them leaving their future and missing out on what is present. And I'm sure at every stage is the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's so true. And I do think we can tend to do that for sure. I always look, I'm always looking to the future. One thing that I have found is that when I, when I take stock of where we're heading, it helps me be more present now. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I talk about in the book, I have an entire chapter on future and lightening up about the future. And one thing that we as a family do, and I think it can look different in every home, but we try to take stock of our goals annually. And, and that can just be, we have a a couple family dinners and we spread out a conversation over a few dinners just around Mm -hmm. the kitchen table. I know some people like go off and do like a cabin for a weekend and everyone brings their notepads. You know, we are not organized like that. (laughs) I just shove people around a dinner table and we have some, some conversations about some of our goals uh, where we can just take stock of the year. What worked this Mm -hmm. last year? What didn't work? We celebrate the wins. And and then we kind of think, think forward for the future. So a few years ago, my husband and I realized we have five summers left with our oldest. This was years ago. We have a lot fewer summers left now. And, and, but that kind of was a wake up call for us. And we realized, well, what do we want to accomplish? What are things that we want to do fun things and important things in the next five summers to make sure before she graduates that we, 
you know, have done it. Now, of course, we did not count on a global pandemic. So we're holding those plans loosely. Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. we're holding that list loosely, but having a list and, and being able to look at it and prioritize, you know, look, how much will all of these trips cost? What, you know, what are these things that we want to do? What's important? Mm-hmm. What's not important? It helped us go, okay, you know what? We're going to keep the ratty sofa we have because it's not, that's not as important to us as being able to take her here before yeah. she graduates. So, so just kind of taking stock of where we want to go has then helped us to relax in the present. And so Mm, now once we kind of had those conversations and as we take stock just on an annual basis, we're able to then relax into the year a little bit and go, okay, here's what we know is coming. Here's what we've planned for. Now we can just be present and just show up and just be here this year and know that these are the things we're going to do. We're not going to worry about the next year's plans. We're not going to worry about what already happened, but we can be present. Um, And so that's, that's when I, when I know where I'm going on a macro level, it helps me lighten up about the little things along the way. And then the other thing that I, I feel is important. And especially I hear this from, from moms with, with small children too, you know, that it's so hard as they grow up, you know, there's that bittersweet feeling like, Oh, they're not a baby anymore. Or, oh, they're, you know, they're graduating from preschool. And, and I had all those feelings too. And, but one thing I want to just encourage moms is that the older my kids get, the more I like them really like the more like, so if you like your four-year-old, just wait until you meet your five-year-old. Like, and so, so it's okay to have those feelings of, of loss and that bitter, bittersweet feeling, but oh my gosh, you're going to love your kids every year along the way. And they're going to, they're going to have new things to show you and to teach you each year. And that is, that is such an exciting part about parenting that I love. Oh yeah, for sure. I have found myself saying, oh my gosh, this is the best stage. Oh no, no, this is the best stage. Every stage is the best stage for sure. And what's interesting that you said about planning for the future helps us be in the present. I think a lot of people think that if they spend too much time looking towards the future, that they're not being in the present, but I think it frees you up really to get rooted in and be present. It, it eliminates that buzz and that background noise that's in the back of your mind that's constantly wondering what if and what's coming next. Yes. Um, it's it becomes a worry like oh I I need to make sure we do this. I need to make sure we do this. I need to make sure we do this. But then if I go, okay, I'm going to put a, a year on the calendar for when I'm going to deal with that and I'm going to start saving now to handle it, then mm-hmm. I can just like back burner that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So those are two of those. Those two are great points. I love that. Okay, so as we wrap up, for our listeners who need some right-away ideas, what are some practical tips for restoring a sense of balance, self-acceptance, and grace? I know that's a big question, but I know you got some tips. (laughs) Okay, okay, let's do this. Hmm. So I think a lot of it is about saying no and saying yes. So Hmm. I want us to say no to what's draining us. Hmm. So like let go of trying to knock it out of the park and, and embrace good enough. So if you, like, if you find that you are going to three different grocery stores a week for magical ingredients, like maybe you can let go of some of what, you know, you're running yourself through. So I have had to learn to let go and say no to the things that are draining me. And what's Mm -hmm. draining me is not draining you. Like, you know, we're all different and we all do things differently in our homes and our kids all have different needs. Mm -hmm. And so for me, as we encountered some, some special needs with our, some of our kids, I had, I had to let go of some other things that was draining me so that I could focus on the therapies and the doctors and the trips to the pharmacy that, that became a major part of my life. Right. And so as those things became a major part of my life, I had to let go of some of the other things that were draining me that no longer were as important or that I just Mm -hmm. couldn't, 
I couldn't handle. And so whatever it is, that's draining you. That's taking you away from whatever your focus needs to be on. It's okay to say no to that and to let go of some of those things. So, you know, for me, I don't do crafts. I no longer make big elaborate meals. We do simple stuff around here. So yeah, I don't know what that is for you, but, but take stock of your week and what it is that you are just dreading or that you um, feel is draining you and let it go if you're able to, so that you can say yes to other things. And then, and then I think a daily practice that we can have is saying yes to ourselves, saying yes to yourself. Don't lose yourself in parenting. I mean, it took me 12 years to assemble my family. So no one knows more than me how important our kids are. I love my kids. I've worked so hard for my kids. They are so important, but I don't want to lose myself in parenting because this is, this is a time period in our life where we get to have these kids in our home, but we have a relationship with ourselves forever. And so, so look for little ways every day that you can say yes to yourself, whether it's writing, like whether, you know, Kimberly blogging and and working on a podcast or, Mm. you know, working on your career goals, your job that you love, whatever, whatever it is, maybe it's, just as simple as like, I'm going to take a 30 minute hot bath at the end of every day and just like release all of that tension and finding ways to say yes to yourself every day so that you don't lose yourself in parenting. I try to tap out a a little bit of writing every day. And, and even when my kids were little, that ended up being my first book. And so it, it didn't seem like a lot at the time. It was just like tapping out little words every day. And then by the end of that, I had a book that, that I'd made. I remember when I was, before I was even a parent, I read an article that stuck with me about a mom who every night after her kids were in bed, she went and she worked on sewing a little piece of a dress every day. Mm -hmm. She would just, she loved to sew and she'd pull that out. And every day, right before bed, when she'd collapse in exhaustion, she would just work a little bit on this dress and she'd hang it up in progress in her closet every day that, that, that dress was something she was working on for herself after she was done at the end of the day. And I love that. And so I don't want to make a dress. I'm not going to sew it, but I am going to sit down. I'm going to write something. So maybe for me, my writing is making my little dress every day. So, Mm -hmm. um, whatever that is though, say yes to yourself, because I think, I think that's going to make us better parents when we are losing ourselves in the parenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I practice something called palms up parenting that has helped bring grace into my parenting. When I feel like my fists are clenching and I'm frustrated or I'm terrified. And I feel that fear about my kids well up. And I realize that I'm clenching my fists. I I do a physical exercise every day where I take a deep breath and I release it out and I open up my palms, palms up. Mm -hmm. um, And I say a little prayer with that. I say, God, they're yours. So if, if prayer is your thing, you can say that, or you can just breathe. If that's not your thing, just take a deep breath and release that breath out and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and that physical act of going from a fist to an open palm has helped me actually accept the moment, regain that sense of balance and, and feel a sense of grace, like you're yeah. saying in my parenting. And, and that is something I started that when my kids were little, 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 and now they're teenagers and I'm still doing it. And that has been just a way of releasing tension and remembering that it's not up to me. It's not all up to me. It's not all on my shoulders, even though it feels like it is sometimes. And and then laughter. I mean, I'll, I'll just end with that. You know, that hopefully my family is known for humor and I really want to cultivate a home filled with laughter and make sure that I'm laughing every day, even yeah. when that's hard. Sometimes that means I've got to pull up a, a funny YouTube video and laugh or read a funny book or watch a funny movie. I just, whatever it is, whatever I can do to make sure that I am still laughing every day, like a discipline of laughing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I am looking forward to holiday comedies for sure this year, <laughs> just because I think we all need to laugh. I feel like we've been holding our breath for way too long. Yes. Oh, I so agree with you. It does yeah. feel like we're holding our breath. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and talking to us about your new book. Thanks for having me. You can find Melanie at MelanieDale.com and she's on Instagram as Melanie R. Dale. I'll link to her book, Calm the Heck Down, and her podcast, as well as where you can find her online in the show notes. If you want to dig deeper into what we talk about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women and we practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.